0: And I can see the ground, now I'm way
1: too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. If I could have just 17 seconds of your time for some brief administration off the rip, then we can crack into things, but the live episode in Sydney is on December 2nd. Come along, it's about three quarters full. So looking good, Sydney, December 2nd, first ever live episode of Get Around Me. I've got three guests confirmed already, plus heaps of cool stuff planned. It's gonna be so sick. Confirmed session after, hope to see you there. And then also just a bit of early hype for the Rowan Arneal section of this podcast. As we know, Rowan Arneal has been joining me in the second half of the pod for the last couple of months or whatever, yarning it up, heaps of bands, etc. I will say, because I, I I don't know if everyone listens to the whole thing or if some people just listen to the first half or if some people just listen to the second half, I don't really know uh, what you guys are up to, okay? And, and I never uh, would presume to know. But if there's anyone who's just been listening to the first half of this solo podcast, uh, firstly, congratulations, you've got sensational taste. Okay, you appreciate a podcast with substance and a man in a bucket hat who's, who's willing to to go out in an island and live his truth. <laughs> but uh, this week on the second half of the Rowan episode, dude, I just got this wild yarn. Hey, I actually got like dragged out of the pub by the cops, but I was in the middle of a date on Friday. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of a date, you know, putting the, putting the moves on you know, that Woolworth select Billy Darcy charm. I'll take three, okay? And I literally got dragged out of the cops mid-date uh, in sort of an incident, if you will. So that's just a ripping yarn. And uh, if you're, if you're going to listen to one of those Rowan episodes, this is the week to do it because I fucking tell him all about it and it's pretty funny slash embarrassing. But anyway, yeah, so Sydney, December 2nd live episode, etc. cetera, et cetera. Tickets in my Instagram bio. Hope to see you there. This week's pod with Rowan Cranks. Let's get into what we're doing. So, what did I even want to talk about this week? Dude, I had like an existential crisis last night. Is this happening to anyone else? Where it's like you're just sitting in front of the television with five streaming apps at your disposal, none of which are paid for by you, and you you just got nothing to watch. I almost had like a freaking meltdown last night because at the moment I'm watching the Lord of the Rings television show on Amazon Prime and it's fantastic. I'm not here to uh, to throw stones at at that billion dollar production. It's it's an absolute ride and a half. I love it. One of the elves is black now. We've got like black elves, you know what I mean? So it's all happening. But my only sort of issue with the the show, is that sometimes you're not in the mood and or mental state to jump into Middle-earth, you know? Sometimes you're not always willing to fucking strap up the boots and follow Aragorn into battle, you know? You've got to be revved for it. You can't just casually watch Lord of the Rings. Like, the episode I'm up to, the last episode, the Black Elf is getting dragged to, like, an Orc leader, and it's, it's just stressful. You know what I mean? It's like more of a Thursday job because it's Tuesday last night. I just want to relax. Let's say best case scenario, we chin this orc leader. You know, something crazy happens. There's still thousands of other fucking orcs to deal with. And there's just, you know what I mean? There's, it's a lot to deal with. And I didn't feel like I was really in that frame of mind. It's like when Jamal Idris took time off the NRL to do pingers in Manly. Okay, He had to put his mental health first, and I had to do the same last night because I knew that if I turned up to that battle, I knew that if I was strapped to the chair next to next to my elf mate with this orc leader about to potentially sexually assault us, we don't know what these orcs get, get up to behind closed doors. Peter Jackson's always left that up to our imagination, but I think we can all agree that if the Me Too movement hit Middle Earth... There'd be a fair few orcs getting fucking strung up for their behavior. So I had to look in the mirror and be candid with myself and say, I'm not up for this, okay? I am not up for this. And I realized, does anyone else have this? I realized the issue with me last night was, because before, you know, you would just end up watching something because it's like 7, 9, and 10, SBS if you want to sneak in a bit of porn after midnight. But apart from that, you just end up watching whatever. Whatever. Whatever's on, the choice was taken out of your hands. Whereas now, i got every choice in the world, but I realize what I need is you need two shows on the go at all times. You need one that's just fantastic programming and you're getting into your work. You're experiencing television at the highest level, and that's what Lord of the Rings is. But then also, you need like an anxiety blanket TV show. Because last night, I just want to watch like 45 minutes of telly as a weeknight treat and then go to bed, Okay. I'm not fucking G'd up to take to take on like a, a battle for the ages. So you need like a How I Met Your Mother, Scrubs, Friends, Seinfeld, The Office, this sort of stuff. I wouldn't even necessarily put The Office in there because it's there's only so few episodes. But you just need that anxiety blanket show where you just go, dude, I'm going back through How I Met Your Mother. And you just know two months ahead of you, maybe three depending on the veracity with which you get through those episodes, where you can just, any situation, chuck that on. You've seen it all before. It's just 25 minutes of a big warm hug. You know, no stress. There's not going to be an orc leader halfway through How I Meet Your Mother. He's not going to, you know what I mean? Sauron isn't going to invade the bar and and fucking provide all these problems that are going to stress me out on a Tuesday night. You know, you just need that show where you can just chuck it on and go, Oh, barney's up to his old tricks again you beauty and just fucking chill out for 20 minutes dude and then so i was trying to look for one but i couldn't I, I just ended up having like sort of an existential crisis for an hour last night in front of the telly and i realized that true happiness used to be watching ncis for absolutely no fucking reason you know true happiness was watching ncis double header on a wednesday night at eight thirty. And you have legitimately no idea why you're doing it. But it's fucking, you know, it's a My Kitchen Rules repeat on Channel 7. And something, you know, Doctor Doctor on Channel 9. It's the best of a bad bunch. Gibbs, load up the van. Let's solve this thing. Okay? So I'm stressed out at the moment and I need an anxiety blanket telly show. Because here's the thing. If I don't look after my mental health, how are we going to take down Sauron in Lord of the Rings if I'm not in... The mental state required to take on that challenge so I've got a bit on uh, I also huge news this week I got my annual haircut I've got the bucket hat on but let me get these locks out oh dude how good's that I tell you what I've got to put the bucket hat back on I like wearing the bucket hat on the pod dude I love wearing the bucket hat on the pod because it reminds people that I am in fact a local clown okay Because people on TikTok were taking me seriously when I started posting podcast clips there, like analyzing the points I was making on a factual basis, as if I I must have been accidentally wearing a lab coat in some of the episodes, the way people were sort of analyzing my 47-second clips. So that's why I started wearing the Bunnings bucket hat, uh, followed by this beautiful Burberry number my sister bought me. Because, mate, if you're taking a bloke in a bucket hat seriously, you need to have a look at yourself, okay? You need to have a look at yourself. Uh, If you are going to cite anything a man in a bucket hat has said as anything less than absolute nonsense, no matter how poetic, no matter how much charisma it's laced with, no matter how funny the man himself is, you know, at the end of the day, it is hot garbage. And that's why I wear the bucket hat to remind you guys that I am, in fact... A stupid cunt. So, wearing the bucket hat, but dude, here's the thing. Got another fantastic haircut from my friend Mia. She does my annual haircut these days. And here's the thing. Here's the thing every man in his life needs. Obviously, I'm talking the big three. My God, my gun, my girl. But failing that, if you're yet to get your hands on any of those bad boys, a man needs a hairdresser he can trust. I mean, Is there a profession where their incompetence can fucking catapult your life into chaos more than a hairdresser? I mean, potentially a surgeon. You could argue that for sure. But a hairdresser can can torpedo your life in a way like no one else. And now with Mia, I trust her. When I go to men's hairdressers, I have to watch these guys like a hawk. They just black out and I wake up with a fade and half a sleeve tattoo. I said, Starve Ross, what happened? But Mia just nails it every time. Love her work. I used to get anxious before haircuts because I'm thinking, fucking hell, this could go anywhere, you know? I remember when I was in high school, sometimes you just get a haircut and you go, well, there you go. Term two is going to be a veritable nightmare of bullying and gay slurs because this hairdresser couldn't be fucked to even out the sides. I asked for a little bit off. You've absolutely given me a short back and sides. My ears stick out. I'm 13. I'm yet to hit puberty. i got all sorts of problems in term two now. But once you've got a hairdresser you can trust, life is a beautiful thing. And that's the the space I now found myself in. So thank you again to Mia. There's nothing better in life than someone who just does what they do and they just do it fucking well. You know, and it's that other thing is like, obviously me and Mia are mates. It's that thing where like, it's a bit awkward sometimes where if you're friends with someone and let's say they're a chippy or they're a fucking uh, plumber. I don't know, whatever. whatever. I'm trying to think of professions where you would engage potentially a friend. Hairdressers a great one. And they say, mate, I'm a hairdresser. Come on in and get a cut. Or, you know, I can bloody fix those pipes in your, in your back window or your bloody, I don't know, I can do your accounting for you, Bill. Give you a little mate's rates deal. And you think that's fantastic. And then you give your your books to this bloke, the accountant, who's a mate of yours, and he fucks them up. He thinks 3 plus 3 equals 7. And then you're in this position where you're like, fuck, not only have you done a bad job, I have to continue to use you to preserve whatever's left of this pathetic friendship, you know? So it's great when you have a friend who does what they do, and they do it well. Anyway, that opening was potentially... One of the most nonsensical of the year. Spoke about television and a haircut. So that's why people come to get around me, because I hit the issues and I hit them hard. Okay? You want journalism? You want someone who's going to look down the barrel of the media, the truth, the zeitgeist, etc., and tell it like it is? You come to get around me. So let's get in to the yarns from the week that was. So, dude, went to my favorite pub on the weekend The stain in Manly. I live up the road, not to brag, but there is a different energy when you walk down a hill towards a pub with a group of people with a common goal in mind. Okay, so we had a great little crew on Saturday night. No need to name names; they're probably too embarrassed to be seen out with me. But you know, we had the big the big players. We had your mackers. We had your adgies. We had my cousin Danny. We had my cousin Brendan. We had Brendan's girlfriend. We had my sister. We had my sister's friend, Edie. I mean, it's all happening, guys. Okay? It's all fucking happening. Anyway, we go out to the pub. We're all loaded up for a big night. And they're putting on this event. Young Henry's was putting on this thing. Weirdest event ever, but it was fucking cool. It was... I don't know how you would describe it. Kind of like a mini festival type situation. Basically, normal pub. But you go in... There was a half pipe with like skateboarders just doing wild tricks. There was a tattoo parlor. You could get tattoos. There was a, fo- a photo booth. And then there was like just sick DJs. Uh, there was all sorts of stuff happening. Drunk people and a tattoo parlor in the same pub. I don't know how it's legal because the line for tattoos was as long as I've ever seen it. There was talks of us getting an LP tattoo for Ladpad. Adzi was heavily in favor. I was on the fence, but honestly could get one. I don't have any tattoos. And when I, if I, I was going to say when I get a tattoo, if I get a tattoo, this is a promise. It'll be fucking dumb as shit, dude. Okay. I'm not getting like, uh, I'm not getting the art of war tattooed across my neck in Latin. I'm going to get something fucking dumb. If I ever get one and LP for Ladpad was right up my alley. Macca was flat out against the idea. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He comes from a good family. But uh, but yeah, there was talks of that. My cousin Brendan got rugby league tattooed on his arm with a love heart around it. Okay, so that's the sort of bloke he is. This man has a passion for rugby league like we've not seen before. And he was talking shit saying that's he was going to get it and he fucking put his money where his mouth was. So that was outstanding. You wanna have someone you wanna have some momentum injected into a session midnight out. Have a bloke from the group disappear for an hour, mid-session. He does not leave the pub. And have him come back with a fresh tattoo that says the word rugby league in a love heart. He's got that mid-session within the venue. Okay? That's gonna keep the boys up, and it's gonna keep them up in a big way. So a lot of great stuff going on. Single Adsy update. Okay, I don't want to speak out of school. And as we know, this isn't some sort of a sexually explicit podcast where we divulge filthy details. Okay, that's not the podcast this is. And it's not about to be. It's not about to be. But I will say is that single Adsy, we have an update. He's participating in the single life. Huge amounts of success from Adsy on Saturday night. Okay, he stuck to the processes. You know what? There has been the issue where in training, he's just looking so good. Bang, bang, bang. And then he was just, I'm saying that's him like repeating the processes. That's not him having sex with sort of multiple women. I can understand how that might have come across that way. But then, you know, it's very easy to nail those processes in training. It's harder to put them together on game day. And the problem we had with Adzi was that he looked unbelievable in the nets. As soon as we sent him out to the middle, he would freeze up, you know, panic. Next thing you know, he's at the ex-missus place wondering where it all went wrong. So Adzy was simply on fire on Saturday night. I don't want to speak out of school, but uh, etc, dude, etc. The other thing was uh, Ruby Fields was DJing at this event. Now, this is something we've not seen before. Australian punk icon Ruby Fields. I don't know how she'd feel about that. Maybe more of an indie rock queen. I don't know how to describe music genres properly. I feel like everything is indie. Dude, I was listening to Jay-Z the other day and I, was, I thought that was indie. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Ruby Fields is indie rock. I feel quite confident in saying that. Potential surf rock. I don't know. I don't know what these genres are. But indie rock queen Ruby Fields was DJing. Okay. Now, I love Ruby Fields. I've been candid about that in the past. If I haven't been on this podcast, I'll do it now. Ruby Fields is is the goat. And I think if, if the Australian music industry, not the Australian music industry, the Australian mediascape supported Australian artists a little more, I think Ruby Fields could easily be playing arenas. She's fucking unbelievable, dude. But whatever. That's by the by. Ruby Fields is DJing at this thing, right? So this is something we've not seen before. We get there. Ruby Fields is yet to start DJing. I don't know who the other guy was, but... uh. Anyway, we get there. Ruby Fields is lining up for a beer at the pub, okay? Now, all the boys know I have a massive crush on Ruby Fields. So obviously, this this is a bloody absolute slam dunk. It's time for Billy Darcy to go and attempt to strike up a conversation with Ruby Fields. And I'm very happy to admit on the podcast that I panicked almost immediately and insisted she did not want to be bothered. So did not talk to Ruby Fields, totally fucking blew it. Okay, I was like, nah, lads, don't want to bother her. She probably gets harassed all the time, you know. But then here's the thing. Macca and Adzi go up and get a photo with her just to mug me off. They've never even listened to one of her songs. So then Macca and Adzi yarned with her. Happy to report they said that Ruby Fields is an absolute fucking legend, which you love to hear. You love to hear where people you admire are actually great people as well. Don't you hate it when one of your favorite artists, you hear they like spat on an usher because the water was too tepid or something? So, Ruby Fields was yarning to Macronazi. They got a photo with her, simply just to throw it in my face, which is what friendship is all about. And then we listened to Ruby Fields DJ for upwards of two hours, just playing absolute bangers, like Limp Biscuit and shit. And I'll defy any man on this planet, on God's green earth. God's green earth. I'll defy any man to watch Ruby Fields DJ with one hand and roll up darts with the other and not fall head over heels in love. I'm putting that out there. That's that's not a that's not me uh speculating. That's a black and white boots on the ground challenge from yours truly because I think that is impossible. Okay? She's simply smashing beers, rolling darts, playing limp biscuit. I personally don't know what you want from a human. How could she be doing more for this situation? You know what I mean? Anyway, the night was sick. Um I can't think of anything else that happened of any particular note, but, 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 dude, it was fucking awesome and Adzie's back in a big way. Then, up next, how's this? I did a corporate office gig on Thursday at Uber Car Share. Corporate giants Uber, you'll know them from driving you home at 4 a.m. They decided that they need some stand up comedy in their life. Fantastic. Uh, My friend Aaliyah works there who's a comedian. She's fantastic. She organized it. It was interesting, dude. We walk into this office and it's like one of these... I felt like I was on the intern or the internship, I should say, with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. It was like the offices of Google. It's all just like ethnically ambiguous people playing ping pong and giggling. You know, nap pods. There's like relaxation rooms. Uh, There's a kitchen area... There's a kitchen slash entertainment area that is, like, crazy. There was, like, five fridges filled to the brim with beer and wine, two whole benches filled with platters, vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, um, you know, whatever you want. Everything's free. Everything is free. I saw there was a lunch menu. They were, they said this week on the lunch menu, there's just free beautiful gourmet lunches available to all employees. It's unbelievable. They had... um. I noticed a couple of the favorites coming up last week. They had hock and noodles one day and like fucking spring, uh, not spring rolls, rice paper rolls another day. This is the sort of beautiful treats the people of Uber are eating as they sort of punch the numbers all day. It was unbelievable. The office world is changing before our very eyes. Everyone there was like 10% brown and 10% bisexual. And they were all some of the friendliest people you'll ever meet. And they're all wearing... It's Mufti's in. Mate, there's no more of this put your suit on, you know, put the old noose around your neck and go in for a day of drudgery. There's no more of that, lads, okay? Now you put on your cut-off jeans and a smile and you go in and fucking hang out with your homies in an extremely safe space. I got to say, it looked fucking awesome, dude. What a place to work. looked really cool. I went into the Canva offices. Canva is a graphic design company. I went in there a few weeks ago to do a podcast. Same thing, dude. They give me the tour. It's like fucking, uh, they're like, this is the craft beer bar and artisan pizza section. Uh, Over here is the fucking, you know, the yoga retreat room. Uh, Here's a room if you just want to play Space Invaders. Like, working is like the last thing they care about. Now it's all about like employee mental health and shit. You know? We did, the, we did the show. The show was fantastic. I said one older guy in the crowd was potentially racist. But apart from that, that was the only blip on an otherwise beautiful gig. Everyone in the office was maybe average age 27, 28. Ageism is real. Good, good luck getting a fucking office job at a big company if you're over the age of 50 going forward. It's over. It is over. I don't know what's going to happen in society because... Housing prices are up. And if you're over the age of 55, good luck getting a job. So I don't know if those last two sentences I said are even remotely true or backed up by any statistics or logic. But I'm telling you, dude, go into these trendy offices and they don't want to hear from fucking Mr. Johnson and his 25 years of experience. That's for sure. Okay. They want to know if those those frames are Oscar Wiley. Uh, they want to know your pronouns and they want to know when you can start. So, it's a brave new world out there. Sickest gig ever. Really fun. Couple of free beers. Couple of fucking carrot sticks and hummus. And I was on my way. So, thank you uh, to the people of Uber. Okay. Couple of topics to crack into here. Obviously, last week I spoke at length about Michael Clark's new relationship. RE, the king is back. And he's back in a big way. Well. Time flies, and so does news, because I think the GOAT in America, Pete Davidson, has seen Clarkey back in the mix and thought, mate, two can play at that game. Pete Davidson is currently dating Emily Ratakowski. I mean, this guy is just, it's like Dustin Poirier. This guy's resume is just unbelievable. Nothing but championship caliber fighters. This guy only fights the best, only takes the toughest fights, never shies away from a challenge. Um, It's just relentless. It is just absolutely relentless. This bloke has gone from Kim Kardashian straight to Emily Radikowski. This guy takes no time off. You know, I'd still be bragging about Kim K to the Lats. You know, Mac would be like, How was your day? I'd be like, How was my day? I just dated Kim Kardashian for six months. So. What the fuck have you been doing, you know? That'd be me. I'd be a nightmare to be around, dude. I'd still be... I'd be resting on my laurels. And that's why I'm good, but I'm not great. That's the difference between me and Pete Davidson. If I dated Kim Kardashian, I'd be fucking popping champagne going, how good's this, dude? Not Pete Davidson. Straight back into his work, straight back into the processes that got him there in the first place, okay? If Pete Davidson was in a soccer team... He'd be that guy yelling nil all lads we start again even though you're up like 8-0. You know, Pete Davidson would be the guy who as the eighth goal goes in the back of the net, he'd run in there and grab it out and run back to halfway and say nil all lads, nil all. Stay in the moment, don't get ahead of yourselves. And you're thinking, mate, fuck this, it's 8-0. I'm calling I'm I'm faking a hammy and cracking an early beer here. There's no need to carry on. But Pete Davidson, mate, it's unbelievable. And now it's to the point where these chicks want to date him for the relevance. You know, these little clout trouts. Now Pete Davidson, they're dating him for the clout instead of the other way around. When Pete Davidson was dating Ariana Grande, he was getting the clout. Now, Emily Ratajkowski, hottest chick on the planet, allegedly. I haven't heard much from her in the last couple of years. I don't know what she's been up to. But now these chicks are hitting Pete Davidson up for the relevance a skinny comedian i mean it's a great victory for the arts it's a great victory uh for sort of decrepit white fellas everywhere and uh it's it's just phenomenal it's a win for the stoner community i mean pete davidson is blazed 24 7 and uh it's it's just unbelievable i don't even know if this one's real to be honest it says they were spotted like there's no photos of them together. You know what I mean? You're saying if Pete Davidson and Emily Ratajkowski were in Brooklyn in New York, they'd just be milling around, getting like cocktails, having a laugh. I find it very hard to believe. So, yeah, not sure. Not sure. I'm not sure if this is even real. I think their agents just like give each other their phone numbers. And then they text each other and then they're like, oh, yeah, they were spotted in Brooklyn. And then because Emily Ratajkowski is coming off a marriage, so she needs a bit of that clout. And, and who better to give it to her than, than the tattooed prince himself, Pete Davidson. Dude, I wonder how many fucking weird blokes in America got like two sleeves and a neck tattoo to try and get on that Pete Davidson tip only to continue striking out. <laughs> how funny would it be if like you're just like a skinny stoner from like Wisconsin, America, you just spend two grand on a couple of sleeves and go, if, if Pete can do it, I can do it too, you know? People do forget that Pete Davidson has been on Saturday Night Live for like five years. Oh, well, he's not on it anymore. But, you know, the guy, is uh, he's working. He's a movie star. He's a comedian. He was on Saturday Night Live. Plus, he's got the clout. Plus, Kanye West wants to kill him. I mean, Pete Davidson, and, and this is a timely reminder, as we come into the summer months, December, January, February, Uh, you know, as they come around each year, it's a reminder to to bloody get in the mix and shoot your shot, lads. You know? Pete Davidson, you can tell. The bloke just fucking fires off a text like it's nobody's business, blaze to the absolute gills, hanging out with Machine Gun Kelly. He's just thinking, Emily Ratajkowski, I'll just pop up. I'll just test the waters. What's doing, babe? You know? If for me to message Emily Ratajkowski, I'd have a team of 14 specialists a two-week training program. Uh, this just be all to craft the first message. And, you know, Pete Davidson's probably fired off fucking a couple of DMs to Emily Ratajkowski, you know, do a leaper and God knows who else, and then probably gone out, had a couple of whiskeys and forgot about the whole thing. I mean, the, me- the man is a shoot first, ask questions later type character, and I honestly fucking love it. It's a reminder to all of us that you just never fucking know. You just never fucking know. Now, am I insinuating that either myself or some of the listeners of this podcast should DM world famous uh, women? No, I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying if there's like a seven and a half in your local area who you thought you might have a shot with, but you weren't sure, fucking let off a Pete Davidson missile down the barrel. Hello, how are you? Whatever this cunt is saying to them. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If Pete Davidson did like a uh, how to get with women course, I would take it. And I think any man that wouldn't is honestly too ignorant for their own good. Get out of your own way. You're telling me if Pete Davidson said, mate, I've got three tips for you on how to get with attractive women. Any bloke who says they wouldn't put down their beer and listen, either you're a liar or you're an egomaniac and you need to get out of your own way. So it's all happening. I think the thing is with Pete Davidson is every famous bloke without tattoos is thinking, if I had the tattoos, chicks would be frothing, you know? Birds, there there is something to be said that women absolutely love tattoos, okay? It's like how married blokes think if they were single again, they'd just be doing damage, you know? Oh, boys, boys, if I was back out there, if I was back out there. You know what I mean? There's always blokes who are like just running through like miscellaneous tens in a past life. You know how married blokes are like, oh, mate, back when I was single, it's was crazy, mate. It was absolutely crazy. It's like specify the women that were so crazy. I heard this uh, comedian on a podcast the other day. He's like a morbidly obese man in his 50s, morbidly obese. And he said, dude, when I was skinny, I used to get with 11s. You used to get with 11s, mate. You know, it's like just point them out. Give me their names. Who are they? What so many you got with so many elevens? You're just using the plural. You're just using the plural for eleven out of ten women. It's just, just, yeah. It's just a group of them, mate. You just go through them all the time. You know what I mean? The reality is, it's probably a handful of sevens and a notable eight. And time and ego and psychosis has led you to believe you were some sort of a fucking. Brad Pitt type character in the early 80s. But I think we all know that wasn't the case. And that's with... uh, There's definitely a lot of blokes who think if they fucking whipped out a half sleeve, it would just be raining puss seven days a week, including the Lord's Day Sunday. So just a reminder that Pete Davidson is a famous man uh, with no regard for these women whatsoever. And uh, we should all be learning from him as much as we can. Now, up next, I want to talk about Glenn Maxwell. Now, Glenn Maxwell, Australian cricketer, Australian superstar. His his nickname is The Big Show. Okay. Now, you can take that in however way you want it. Uh, I personally would like to believe that it's a nickname that extends beyond the field. Okay. This man is The Big Show in all walks of life, and I've got a lot of time for it. Now, Glenn Maxwell is out for three months after he broke his leg. But what's happened is we have another... We have another party style incident, much like when Tommy Turbo got caught running a hundred meter race against some lads in the Manly Corso and then came out with a grade two hamstring tear. That's what happens, Tommy, when you're the most injury prone man on the planet and you, and you run as fast as you can without any warm up in general pants, skinny jeans. Okay. But Glenn Maxwell, what's happened is he he also participated in a drunken running race Firstly, on this, can we just rule out doing drunken running races on Nights Out, lads? I'll take it from here. Not cool, okay? I'd much rather Glenn Maxwell get banned for three months because he got caught in doing a small mountain of cocaine with Kalen Ponga than because he got entangled in a running race, okay? Who are these blokes? Oh, I bet I'm faster than you. No, I'm faster than you. Oi, guys, watch us run. Let's see who the fastest is. Dude, I'm going to be the fastest running away from this crap party if you lads keep behaving this way. But that's by the by. So what happened is Glenn Maxwell and this bloke running race, being cool boys. They get entangled. Maxi goes down, fractures his leg. He's out for three months, the whole Australian summer. Okay, this is disastrous for Maxi. Now... It said on the article, confirmed, they were not intoxicated. It was a 50th birthday party. They were not intoxicated. Um, But here's the thing. The guy in the running race, it was his birthday. Which leads me to believe that the boys were, in fact, absolutely fucked. Okay? I don't think that's controversial to say. Uh, Are you telling me Glenn Maxwell brackets The Big Show? Are you telling me that The Big Show has gone to a party where the birthday boy isn't drinking. Okay? This bloke has a tennis court. They were running on a tennis court. He's 50 years old. It's one of the biggest birthdays you can have. You can you're telling me not only is Maxi not drinking, but the birthday boy himself is not drinking. Okay. Okay, so we got a couple of sober legends engaging in a running race. Okay. So please for the love of god, I got no problem with Maxi getting absolutely blind on a Saturday night at a 50th birthday party. Running races are for nerds and eight-year-olds. And unless you find yourself in a fucking Peninsula Primary School running carnival, Maxie, uh, please keep the sprinting to Cricket Australia training camps. And uh, here's the thing, mate. Enjoy yourself, Maxi. Get on the dance floor. Do that Irish two-step, you know, back and forth. No one's ever broken a leg doing that. So please, like I said, Maxie, for the love of God, like any sports star worth his salt, if you're going to get in trouble on a night out, uh, make it cocaine-related going forward. Thank you. Okay, Legends, once again, this week's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it is never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this season be jolly with Manscaped, do your little drummer boy a favor, and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. I got to say just got one of these things in the mail and it's pretty fucking unbelievable. Okay. Uh, Code word Darcy, D A R C Y capitals code word Darcy for free shipping and 20% off your order. At the end of the day, when, when trimming your package, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Okay. If you're going out there as a fully fledged gentleman rocking some sort of a bush like it's the great depression uh you're only doing yourself a disservice okay god forbid you find yourself in a situation where a local woman chooses to take your pants off and you whip out this fucking bush that is pretty obviously going to tell her that you haven't had a root since february this year so i'm telling you get things in order the confidence will come with it and the results will speak for themselves lads The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. Uh, It has each product from the best-selling performance package, plus the ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. And and yeah, I don't know what to tell you. This is a great package. I use it myself, 20% off, and free shipping with the code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, On manscaped.com. Once again, that is use code DARCY at manscaped.com to get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Okay, up next, a funny news story. So, related to the Qatar World Cup, which starts next week. The Socceroos play next Wednesday. Tune in, dude. Uh, Anyway, World Cup's coming up. It's in Qatar. And this is so funny. So, obviously, huge issues with the Qatar World Cup. Thousands of migrant workers died constructing the stadiums, amongst other issues. Okay? Amongst other issues. That's... that's <laughs> heck, okay. <laughs> I don't want to make light of the migrant workers dying, but this is how poorly this World Cup has been put together, is that if someone said, what's wrong with the Qatar World Cup? And someone replied, well, thousands of migrant workers died constructing the stadiums in horrific working conditions. And then you have to go amongst other issues. Like that's not even, like it's not the only one, you know, by itself, that would be enough, but it's one of a slew of issues. And do this, this one that's come out recently is so funny. So what Qatar's done to try and create some hype, because they've got a lot of negative press, you know, surrounding all the blood on their hands and, uh, the homophobic attitude of that country, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so there's been a lot of backlash, a lot of people saying boycott the World Cup, which I will be from my living room where I'll be watching all the action in beautiful HD. But, you know, morally, I do have a a problem with this nation. But nevertheless, so what's happened is, this is so funny. Qatar has paid thousands of actors To pretend to be ravenous football fans from all over the world To sort of create a bit of hype In the city of Doha You know, to make it look like the streets are pumping So they've got all these Qatari guys And immigrant guys uh, From all over, you know, I guess the Middle East I'm not sure To dress up as like Argentinian and English fans And pretend to be Argentinian and English And like head down the street (laughs) Pretending to go nuts It's so funny, dude They're all paid actors and it's the same actors every day. So one day they turn up, streets are going off with uh, Argentinian blokes, uh, but they're all Arab. They're all Arab. So like, it's like all these Arab guys in Argentinian shirts playing like Middle Eastern music (laughs) saying like, go Lionel Messi. (laughs) And then the next day the same blokes rock up, but this time they're in English shirts saying like, go Harry Kane. It's so funny, dude. It is so funny. You ever seen a bunch of pommy lads playing Middle Eastern music? <laughs> oh my god, what what a gig! Firstly, what a gig! Imagine you're one of, let's say, you're one of the immigrant workers who built one of these stadiums, you and you fucking survived. You know, so you're thinking, fuck, how good's this? And then the government goes, all right, next job, and you're thinking, God, here we go. What's this diamond mind? You know, oh, this could be anything. And then they go, we need you to pretend to be a drunk, pommy football fan and just sort of smile and dance in the streets. You'd be thinking, mate, absolutely, fucking lutely I can do that. Oh, my God, yes. Sign me up. How you got all these Arab guys pretending to be like fucking English football fans. One guy's pretending to be sunburn. I saw another guy listening to fucking Oasis, you know. I saw one group really committed and uh, they actually walked past a gay guy without stoning him to death. So there's some real method acting going on in the group and it's fantastic to see. But one of the more bizarre things we've seen, all these Qatari guys. It says like they're wearing t-shirts that says like Brazil fans Qatar. Like not even like licensed merch. It's just wearing knockoff merch that says like I heart Ronaldo and Ronaldo spelt with like four L's. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with this Qatar World Cup. My prediction is that there's going to be an international incident of some description, whether it's a drunk English fan doing something weird, some sort of a protest, and there's going to be a, a situation where, like, you know, the English government's got to try and bargain with Qatar to get, like, one of their fans back who was, like, drunk protesting or, you know, like, if you, if you, you can go to jail for being drunk in public over there. You know, there's clearly going to be some form of an incident. We've got a massive chip on our shoulder in Australia, as we should, because the 2022 World Cup should have gone to us. We were there or thereabouts, you know, with the bidding. I think we're in the last three. They won the the World Cup via extreme corruption. There's literally a documentary on Netflix about it right now, dude. That's how corrupt it is. That's how corrupt this whole situation is. The World Cup in Qatar hasn't happened yet. And there is a documentary on Netflix about how corrupt it is. Hasn't even happened yet. Okay, so I personally do have quite a bit of bad will towards the Qatari government. And I guess FIFA in general. It takes two to tango. Your pieces of shit. Um, So, yeah. We do have the Women's World Cup next year, though. And that brings us to the project for this week. I'd like to ever so briefly talk about our girls, the Matildas. Because they've been on a tear the last week. So the Matildas have just played Sweden and Thailand back to back at home. Now obviously the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. And the Matildas, these are their last games for the year. So we're not going to hear from them for a couple of months. Socceroos are playing from now on. So I thought the Matildas are killing it. It's all about the Socceroos after this anyway. Let me talk about the gals real quick. So, firstly, Sweden. Number two ranked team in the world, okay? Uh, here's the thing with women's soccer is you've got to watch out for these progressive nations, okay? If women are allowed to drive in this country, uh, they're probably pretty fucking good at football as well, okay? So, that's why, you know, you got your Canadas, your Swedens, your USAs, your Australias. These are absolute powerhouses in the women's game because they actually fund the gals, all right. I don't know if you know much about the Iranian football team, the women. They're not too well supported over there, the poor gals. So, we played Sweden who are ranked number 2 in the world and a formidable opposition. And in very exciting news, the women's World Cup is in Australia next year. And I think that's honestly going to be unbelievable because we're going to have a serious run at that. That will be a failure of a World Cup if we don't make at least the semis. Okay? So imagine the Tillys playing at a home semi-final World Cup. Home World Cup semi-final. I should say it's all semantics. It's going to be electric. So looking forward to that, Matilda's versus Sweden, number 2 ranked team in the world, 4-0 to the girls. It's fucking light work, babe, yeah? It's fucking light work. So we've absolutely dusted the number 2 team in the world. Caitlin Ford scored 2 goals. The second of which was absolutely filthy, okay? Absolutely fucking filthy, dude. Outside the box, curling around the corner. Dude, this thing went fucking three blocks around the around the corner and came back again with a with a coffee and a ham and cheese croissant to start your Sunday. I mean, it was one of the better goals we've seen. So, unbelievable. Uh, the crowds look healthy as well. There's like, they're getting like 25,000, 30,000 to the games. Uh, we played Thailand just last night, actually. I watched it myself. I didn't see the Sweden game live, but I watched the, the highlights. Watched the Thailand game live. Now, Thailand aren't as a formidable as an opponent. And our finishing, I hate to be critical of the gals, but it was poor. Okay? What wasn't poor was literally everything else we fucking did. We looked unbelievable, dude. We only won 2-0, but we had about 47 million goals on target. And Mary Fowler came off the bench. So you tell me, okay? But we just looked unbelievable. Haley Razzo scored uh, last night. Pretty ridiculous solo effort. Ellie Carpenter is still injured. Dude, when we have Ellie Carpenter at right back and fucking Haley Razzo at right mid and we start Mary Fowler and God forbid Sam Kerr gets in a mood. Dude, plus home field power up in the World Cup. Dude, I'm off my tree for the Matildas at next year's World Cup. It's going to be unbelievable. The Socceroos, I'm looking forward to this World Cup as much as the next man. And I will watch every minute they play. But the Matildas, like we could actually fucking win this thing next year. This will be crazy. This will be absolutely insane if Australia win the Women's World Cup next year. So, unbelievable. Uh, Looking forward to the Socceroos next week. Tim Cahill, what about this? This is absolutely sickening. Okay, I almost shed a tear because the squad, not everyone was in yet. Tim Cahill actually laced up the boots on Monday and had a run around with the lads. Can you imagine some form of fucking, I don't know, half the team gets gastro. Maybe half the team comes out as gay and just gets gunned down by the Qatari government in the warm-up. I don't know what happens. I don't care. Imagine there's some sort of a situation where Graham Arnold, Arnold goes, it's like it's like the movie Goal. He goes, Munez, Munez. (laughs) He just goes, Timmy, fucking lace up. We're one all against France. And, And I don't care if Tim Cahill is 47 years old. If you give that man some service in the box, he's still got a vertical leap like no one else. So I honestly shed a tear just thinking of Timmy Cahill warming up in the green and gold. What a power up for our boys. So looking forward to it. The Matildas are on fire. The World Cup starts next week. Uh, You know, I've got a six foot by six foot Hayley Razzo poster in the mail as we speak. And it's a fantastic time to be alive as an Australian football fan. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. So great times. Great classic hits. That is the podcast for this week. What? Oh, um, fuck. What is it? Oh, the live podcast. The live podcast. Sydney, December 2nd. Come along. Three quarters sold, so looking like it'll be a sellout, which will be fantastic. It's going to be so fun. Confirmed session afterwards. That is that dude. Tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Also, stick around for the second half of the episode with Rowan Arneal. Very funny. Completely different to the solo pod. Just really banter and uh, nothing else. Yarns, etc. And I got... got, Dude, so embarrassing. I got literally dragged out and arrested the other day in the middle of a date. Like, it was just, I don't want to give away the yarn, but it is hilarious and embarrassing. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's fantastic pod content is what it really is at its core. But dude, so embarrassing. So that's coming around the corner. Hope you enjoy that. Otherwise, I don't know, dude. I just can't fucking end this one for whatever reason. I'll catch you later. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another second half of the podcast. Joining me as always is my friend Rowan Arneel. Rowan, how you going dude?
0: I'm going well. It's a nice Saturday.
1: It's a beautiful Saturday dude. And I tell you what mate, that's the most energy you've come in with by far.
0: Weekend energy.
1: It's weekend energy. And I think we're going to need it this week. Obviously coming off last week's veritable stinker of an episode... Uh, how did you think last week's went? I think we spoke candidly on air and off air that it wasn't good.
0: It was very bad broadcasting. (laughs) I would, I came home in a bit of a puff. Yeah. (laughs) Babe, I fucking ruined it. It was was a lot of that. Yeah. I was, I'd, I'd come, here's the thing. I'd had a bad week. I was swimming in emotions. I was absolutely swimming in emotions. I found out my boss didn't have workers comp. I'd been working with him for a year. No workers' comp. We found out because a stonemason we work with cut the end of his finger off. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, be careful. Oh, All right. my and God. Like, oh, then I just bomb at open mics for two days. And then I come in here and I think podcasting is going to save me.
1: Yeah, that's that. a lot a lot of white guys think, podca- <laughs> think podcasting is going to save them, mate. You're not the first to turn to the airwaves for a bit of support, only to find out they're just as abrasive as the real world.
0: And I offer sincere apologies to everyone about that episode, except the two people that messaged me calling me fried. Yeah. The, the apology does not extend to them.
1: <laughs> How, are those messages starting to ramp up?
0: Well, those ones were very hurtful. Yeah, and their names will not be released on the podcast because I know that's what they want.
1: Yeah, dude, I tell you what, I even had a comment on the YouTube the other day, and I read all the YouTube comments because I only get about three. (laughs) So, uh, dude, love the YouTube comments, but one of them, this was funny, a guy commented saying, did Rowan dead set rip rip a bong before this week's episode? But he's commented that on the YouTube, and your part's not even on the YouTube.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so unnecessary.
1: Dude, drive-bys on the Restless JPEG, that's like someone going on fucking be real and having a go at me it's like mate i'm not on be real
0: (laughs) commenting on billy stand up saying rowan stand up sucks yeah bro
1: yeah i know it's like it's like you you, the the sentiment is there Mm. but location a bit off but mate let's put that behind us um i did threaten to drug test you going forward
0: well i was at the bottom of an emotional well and i think i thought your billy darcy is going to pull me out of this and then billy was just at the top of the well talking about the wind and I was like, "Well, this is fucked. Okay. I'm fucked."
1: And you know what? It does take two to tango. So I will, <laughs> I will take a bit of the responsibility. We got so arrogant last week <laughs> wait, the, the pod has been cooking in the second half, dude. The week before, twelve minutes on Shooter Williamson. You won't find that on many other Australian <laughs> podcasts, unless, uh, uh, except maybe if it's a female podcast. But they'll be talking about him in a very different light.
0: Both sides. We were examining both sides. We were
1: examining Shooter very objectively. And, mate, to be fair, yeah, it does take two to tango. <laughs> Last week, we literally just went, oh, we have no notes. And I was like, well, it's unseasonably cold. Let's just jump into that. <laughs> and then and then the riffs will just take over. Uh, in one of the more arrogant outlooks we've seen. And
0: we just worked out that it, it's still spring and it kind of makes sense that sometimes yeah, it's cold.
1: The whole premise was that I thought summer was like, it was like not cold, not warm enough for summer. And then within like the first 30 seconds of the episode, we worked out that summer starts in December.
0: <laughs> and now it's warm.
1: Yeah. And then, and then I thought the fucking November weather would be the launching pad <laughs> for some of the great riffs. And then we're just four minutes in. You're visibly depressed and like out of breath and like having this existential crisis in my bedroom. I'm, I'm, and you know what? We respect the airwaves too much to stop. Mm. You know, that's the thing. This thing's recorded in one go. I could have easily stopped and said, mate, go go out and find some fucking serotonin and come back in.
0: <laughs> come back with a Red Bull and get it going.
1: Yeah. At one point, I said this thing about Love Island and you just yawned.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it wasn't a good good riff from me. I don't know. But anyway.
0: You know, the thing is, it's the second time I've found out I haven't had workers comp. I don't know what it is mate. me. People just see me a mile away and go, this cunt does not deserve to be insured.
1: Not worth insuring.
0: Not worth insuring. Yeah. All good, mate.
1: Yeah, well, that's okay. We, we don't need to look after you. You clearly don't look after yourself.
0: If he gets hurt, we'll just fire him.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> He's so fucking sad. We'll just say he jumped off.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm a shining star.
1: You're, you are a shining star, mate. Um, but And then it was actually kind of an abrasive Thursday, I think, because I think then we went and did a gig. Uh, oh, yeah. I gave you a late call up to a gig. Someone dropped out and, you know, on one hand, friendly of me getting you a gig. <laughs> on the other hand, it was pretty unfriendly, the environment I, I took you into.
0: And you did know that and you didn't reveal all the details when I agreed.
1: I, I did paint it as a miscellaneous gig. <laughs> it was in Kirribilli to about 65, 65-year-olds. 65 Picture the richest, oldest people you've ever seen.
0: Mm, And now picture them in a room that could fit 400 people.
1: Yep. And then also picture a microphone that's not really working that well.
0: Not working at all, really. It was like
1: muffling and they can't hear you even when it's not muffling.
0: And then there's a projector that has this like comedy show poster that has two tickets on it and the price. So, every time the MC's bombing, they can just look up and be like, oh, we paid 25
1: bucks." Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a constant reminder of the mistake <laughs> they've made.
0: And on the in another room at the pub, there's a beautiful view of the Harbour Bridge. I know. And you've walked away from that to see men in their early 20s doing comedy.
1: Yeah, dude, what about a booking error? It's like, just book J.J. Mullard. Mm. Just book J.J. Mullard. He's 65. He can do fucking, you know, stuff from the 70s that he's ripped off and they're all going to fucking love it.
0: Mm. It's
1: great. Instead, two of the more trendy <laughs> Northern Beaches comedians have been sent into the fire. Dude, I actually had a pretty good set. Um, it was absolute panic stations before we went up. You were freaking out.
0: I was having a bad time, yeah. You were
1: having a bad time. You, uh, Me and you actually had the same set. I know you left before mine, mm. but we both were doing... Uh, well for six minutes and then went off a (laughs) cliff.
0: I arrived and was like, yeah, I'm just going to have, after this, I'm just going to have a chicken snitty and look at the Harbour Bridge and it's going to be lovely. Beautiful venue. As soon as I walked into the room that the comedy was in, I was like, I'm not eating here. I'm getting out immediately and I'm finding a Thai place where I can forget about this.
1: A hundred percent, dude. It was one of those things where, like, you just, as you're walking up, you're looking at them going, fuck, these cunts are old. And they're looking at you going, mate, this bloke's like 24. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, we're just struggling to communicate. But what, did, what happened to your set? I think you just sort of started trailing off or whatever.
0: I got I got a bit cocky. And then I did manage to end on a laugh and be like, oh, I'm fucking out of here. Oh, it's yeah. like, because you, I, you just, I just walked through the flames.
1: You walked through the flames. You were on first. Yeah. I, w- I was on third. I the coward spot for me. Mm. But dude, I was going real well. And then I started talking about, I'm trying to do this bit about people and their diets. When someone breaks their diet in front mm. of you after they've just been telling you how much they love it. Mm. I'm trying to do this bit how it's like, if you feel like I'm watching an anti-gay politician, like fuck a bloke in front of me. <laughs> And then I'm sort of going in on that for like a minute. Let me tell you, the liberal voters of (laughs) Kirribilli didn't love it. (laughs) Dude, I was just, they were loving me. And then now I'm just off a cliff. Mm. And it's one of those things where I've got like a minute to go. The whole last minute's about liberal politicians having sex behind closed doors. (laughs) And so it's like, well, let's just ride through this together. You know what I mean? I'm I'm still going to do it. I'll just look him in the fucking eye and, and just I'm not gonna break. So you guys can either we'll just sit in this uncomfortability. I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing material that I know is gonna work.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm here. I'm here to bloody to give the give these things a run. Mm. You know, I'm here. To, I'm here to give the dogs a fucking few tennis balls in the park and see if these bits have legs, mate.
0: Fifty bucks is not enough for me to not do the bit about taught. Like screaming it at a pedophile when I was a child, and yeah. accusing a man of being a pedophile. Yeah, 100%, it's not enough.
1: A hundred percent. I think, yeah. Anyway, it was quite a, quite a stressful experience. We ended up getting there in the end, and uh, and that's it, mate. Old people, I don't really care for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, mate, like they should honestly be like stand-up comedy shows for people over and under the age of forty.
0: Yeah, it should be a different genre And here's the for thing, sure. I'm not even
1: ripping on old people. I'm just thinking, I just honestly think I'm not for you. Mm. You know what I mean? You're, you're not going to enjoy it. Mm. You know, it takes two to tango.
0: I took a lot of tables down when I started talking about I said the word cunt like three times. Yeah, they hate that. They hate that. Dude, what about- And then I'm what, talking about ketamine, and it's like, what's going on, guys? Oh,
1: my- Yeah, you're literally- You're, you're talking about working with Samoans as well. They're like, they're like the Samoans, They sh- you shouldn't work with them. They should, they should work for you. Do like, so you run the business? Yeah. yeah. You're a supervisor, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, dude, the other thing is like, mate, old people turning their nose up at the word cunt, it's like- we both know you say the n-word behind closed doors
0: dude the things they're like oh these young people so it's like dude i'm not furious that there's an aboriginal woman in a cafe yeah i'm i'm sweet
1: they think it's like yeah we say the word cunt but we're like we don't actually like like we don't actually like our actions aren't like reprehensible
0: yeah exactly you know what
1: i mean it's like i'm pretty sure it's more chill to say the word cunt and, like, treat brown people equally Mm. than it is to not say the word cunt and and be racist. (laughs) Because that was the energy of the room. It was like we were the bad guys. It was like, you guys all fucking have shares in a diamond mine, you piece of shit.
0: I'm just a garbo, mate, please. Yeah,
1: I know. Fuck. Anyway, but the gig was all right. Anyway, mate, I got this fucking cracking yarn to crack into here.
0: Yeah, this date.
1: This date. So I went on a date last night and it went (laughs) pear-shaped. Aggressively. (laughs) Now, i don't want to speak too much about the woman involved because it wasn't her fault okay mm-hmm. i don't want her her name associated with this tale so what happened was um
0: was it a first date
1: no it was uh, d- 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 i won't say her name but it was kate from brisbane you've met oh, her okay before. yeah yeah, yeah. remember that that time mm-hmm. yeah so she was in town we're catching up and so we're hanging out clock hotel beautiful bar in surrey hills um also how good is this i was running late like maybe five minutes later i'm at central She's from Brisbane. I run into her at Central and she's like, oh, I'm lost. And I was like, oh, this is great.
0: Oh, that's nice. So
1: now, instead of sprinting to the clock, now we're walking together at a nice pace. Mm. And, then, and then, now I'm thinking, oh, might turn this into a bit of a pub crawl. We walk past the shaky. I go, oh, wouldn't mind a nice schooner in the shaky. <laughs> I go, let's pop in here. I'm having the time of my life. Anyway, we go up to the clock hotel. Fucking packed balcony, like beautiful afternoon. No seats. As I walk past, these two old older guys are like, literally like, oh, do you just want our seats? And it's like right on the corner of the balcony. Couldn't be a better seat.
0: Is Billy Darcy the mayor of Sydney?
1: Am I the mayor of Sydney? Dude, literally. And, you know, you, you're thinking, if you get a good seat, it does raise the date. You're thinking, fuck yeah, this is going well. 100%. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking, beautiful, catching up, uh, just having so much fun, etc. Anyway, so I'm yarning away. Drug dog comes around the side. Oh, this. Yeah. So, and this is, I could have handled it better. Yeah. So, drug dog comes around the, onto the balcony. I'm not expecting it. I mean, who is? Also, it's like 6.30. I've had like three beers. I'm not like, oh, fuck, I'm a criminal. I need to bloody mm. see what's what. But anyway, so I see the drug dog and I go, I have a split second. And I go, oh, fuck. i got a joint in my pocket. Mm. So, then I'm like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. So then I'm like, all right, I'll just go bin this in the toilet. It's literally one small joint. Like, mm. it'll be fine. So I just go, oh, shit. Literally just get up, walk inside. There's like three cops on the door to get inside. So it's it's a full-blown sting. Yeah, yeah. They so got they, you. They've seen me coming from a mile away. Anyways, just a
0: bunch of Kelpies herding one lone yeah, sheep.
1: dead set, dude. And um, also, I have not told my date. I'm not like, oh, by the way, I have a joint. I'm just like, I was literally just saw the dog. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I just got up and left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so good
1: Oh, so embarrassing Anyway, so I walked past the cops inside Pretty casually, I thought mm. Anyway, well, I'll tell you who wasn't walking casually This fucking Beagle <laughs> 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 Mate, this Beagle is absolutely He could have won the Melbourne Cup The fucking The, the speeds he hit <laughs> Mate And, and the, the, it has this as well Because um, yeah, there was two guys The two cops inside were like my age mm. Nothing worse than getting fucking done by cunts like, your own age but then the other thing is, mate, I love this. the the, the police officer on the beagle, big strong lesbian woman, <laughs> oh. and this chick's not taking any names, dude. She she would have beat the shit out of me herself. She was smelling as well. Like she, they both had their noses in the air, you know. So then, so then, mate, oh, it's one of those things where I'm walking in, and you can feel the cops over your shoulder. But then, and then the beagle's all over me, sits down in front of me. This lesbian chick's pretty much like, <laughs> pinned me up against the wall, going, "You scream you criminal piece of shit." <laughs> Cunt's like, you get me up out of bed in the morning, You'd make me sick. <laughs> she's like, she's like, uh, so like I'm up against the wall. Like, and she's like, all right, so.
0: Can your date see this? No, this- no, 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 this- no. Oh, thank God.
1: Yeah. She didn't even know I had like a joint on me or anything. This all happens in like seven seconds. Mm. Here's the thing mate. I'm literally sitting there having my third beer, just talking to a friend. Mm. So I'm not ready to be a fugitive. You know what I mean? I wasn't expecting to go on the run. I'm not um, sort of, you know, in. I'm not like a born identity character or something. I'm actually a pretty nice guy if you get to know me. So so anyway, so then now I've got the dogs in front of me and now it's like, they're like, do you have any drugs on you? And uh, I knew it was just going to be a caution. So I was like, yeah, I got a joint in my left jacket pocket. And then they're like, all right, hands on the wall. So now I'm in the middle of like the trendiest pub in Surrey Hills. Hands on the wall, back like back to the wall. They're like doing the pat down and everything. And then they, like, point to where the joint... Like, it's, like, so aggressive. Mm. The woman's like, the beagle has identified you have drugs on you. Plus, uh, even, regardless of the beagle, you have aroused suspicion in me. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking hell. I'm thinking, what the... F- I'm thinking, if this is the energy for a guy who's got a small joint on him, what's... Wh- where do you go if I have, like, a brick <laughs> of cocaine on me? I don't understand how you could get more furious.
0: I love when they do that, like, tell me where it is. Like, it's like a knife or a gun. I could, like, injure them.
1: So then I'm up against the wall, hands in the air. They're like, like, tell me where it is. I go, it's in my left jacket pocket. Like, and half the thing's fucking tobacco anyway. Yeah. So my date, um, she has friends in Wollongong. So she was staying in Wollongong. So um, we, like, got a beer at 6. She was going to get, like, the train at 8.30 or 9, back to Wollongong. Then I'll get the bus back to the Northern Beaches. So I'm thinking after the date... I'll just blaze a little bit, maybe treat myself to a slice of beautiful pizza. Nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, mate, it's all, I'm living a vida loca. Anyway, so then I'm like, it's in, it's in the left jacket pocket and they're like, all right, all right, um, point to it. And then like, um, I go to point to it and they're like, don't touch it. Don't <laughs> fucking touch it. They're like, hands up. And then, and then I'm like, and also I'm still in the pub. Like there's people everywhere. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. I mean yeah. like a main walkway of like the trendiest pub in Sydney.
0: That's not how you treat the mayor.
1: That's not you treat the mayor dude i'm literally whispering i going like have you seen my fucking TikTok? Like, <laughs> and I'm like dude dude have you seen my fucking stand up brother are you kidding you're taking down one of the greats but um but no, i wasn't thinking any of that i was actually quite scared but um no and then so and then um so then they're like all right come outside but then uh d- oh yeah that's right they're like put your hands up in the air and cross your fingers so i had to walk outside with cops <laughs> either side with my fucking hands in the air cross fingers like I'm an idiot. Uh, someone messaged me out like, When I got my phone back, I had two messages from people being like, did you just get fucking dragged out of the clock hotel by police? Like, fucking hell. And then, so we go outside. The, the lesbian chick, she's back into her work. Mm. She didn't, There was so many crims in there. She didn't even have the time <laughs> to escort me out. So then I go outside. They're like, mate, rah, rah, rah. Like we got to search ya. And then like, so I got like take my jacket off. My phone, my wallet—they just roll it all on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I have to take my shoes and socks off. I'm outside the Clock Hotel.
0: Oh my god! This isn't even like—it's
1: not even like in a private area. And then I'm fucking no shoes, hands up against the wall, getting patted down as cunts are lining up.
0: Dude, they're trying to scare straight you.
1: Dude, dude, literally. Well, the only thing was I—I knew it was a caution. Yeah. So, like, I didn't really care. Um, the only thing I was thinking was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have told them I had weed on me, but I go, they were gonna search me anyway. Yeah. So, I was like, I knew it was a caution. I was just more being like, fuck, this is so embarrassing. I was mm. more thinking what my date was thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know definitely. what I mean? Like, this is just fucking crazy. And I said, Lats, I'm, I'm on a date. You're literally killing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did they have any empathy for your situation?
1: They did a bit. But then, like, this is the thing with cops that can be hard to get around sometimes. It's like they'd be an absolute raging cunt for five minutes being like, Fucking hands up, you piece of shit. Like, get on the ground. Like, throw on my shit everywhere. My beautiful red jackets just in the gutter. I'm like, fuck. And then, um, and then they'd be like, oh, mate, sorry about the date. Guess you probably won't be getting a rude after all. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. no. Well, don't, don't fucking buddy-buddy me mm. after this shit. I'd rather, mate, whatever you're doing, just keep that energy. Mm. I, it, it's not even just cops. It's like when your boss at work sprays the fuck out of you. For something so minimal. And then five minutes later, he was like, oh, mate, what are you doing on the weekend?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's
1: like, sorry, mate, I, I don't trust you anymore. It's just like with these cops, if you're going to buddy-buddy me, fine. Mm. But keep that energy. Or if you're going to fucking be a cunt about it, just be a cunt about it. Mm. Just continue the vibe either way.
0: Yeah, I prefer the cunt about it than when they're like, oh, mate, here's the thing. No, no. And it's yeah.
1: Like, Come on, just do it quickly. Just And like literally like I was just and I knew it was just a caution. So I, w- I wasn't getting lippy, but I was i was being very polite to try mm. and like speed up the thing. And I'm like, so I'm s- sort of dancing them a little bit, but I'm like, mate, I go, they're like, we have to weigh this. I go, would a scale even pick that up, brother? I go, it's like half tobacco, just a little 50-50 hit it if I can make the bus ride home manageable.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: it's just a little fucking something to, some, a little treat on the side. It's my Friday night too. Don't you forget about that.
0: I'm just trying to make the tunes hit kind of hard on the way home
1: dude i'd just like to get into a bit of the marshall mathers lp (laughs) but just really fucking get into it you know anyway so then they're like oh we have to weigh the whole thing like as a whole thing like it's like a small joint i'm like i'm like but it's not all cannabis that's so dumb like i didn't say that's so dumb Mm. but i said oh but it's not all cannabis so like that seems silly they're like we just have to weigh it all as one i go okay whatever i'm literally like this is so fucking stupid like I'm literally like, I'm. this is crazy. It's crazy. This is mm. a crime to just sit there with a joint in your pocket. <laughs> and then so they're reading me the caution and I'm like, and they go, do you agree that you had 15 grams or less? I said, 15 grams. I said, brother, what am I doing? Am I going to be in the same prison cell as El Chapo? Like mm. I go, is this the lowest bracket, 15 grams? Mm. He goes, this is the lowest bracket. Uh, like you, you can either sign this caution or you can like come back to the station. And I'm like, well, fuck, fifteen grams. He's like, I said, well, you're gonna put in what it actually weighed. And he's like, yeah, I wrote it here. I go, well, what did it weigh? He goes, zero point three grams. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one gram. And it's fucking half tobacco and and like a roach. And I'm like, I'm literally getting done for like point one of a gram of weed in 2022. I've been dragged out of the pub for point one of a gra- like. This is crazy, dude. That's crazy.
0: My mate got done and they weighed it in the whole sandwich bag. And he's like, take it out of the bag. <laughs> For God's sake, take it out of the bag. They're like, nah, mate. And it's just like creeping up to over 15. It was like 13. And he's like, bro, you're, <laughs> gonna fucking, you're killing me over here. Like, if we're going to play by the rules, let's play by the rules. Like, you know, you know, that's not 13 grams.
1: Oh, dude, so frustrating. And then so I get the caution and the guy reads the thing. And I'm like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Like, I'm, and then like my date has been torpedoed. Mm. The, the bouncer, the, the, the fucking like, I guess, uh, I don't know, uh, trying to guess this guy's ethnicity, but it's not really coming to me. But the <laughs> bouncer at the front of the pub, mate, this guy, he's like kind of like a jacked Middle Eastern guy. Yeah, so yeah. that's where I'd sort of yeah. ballpark him. Mate, he's pissing himself. Of course. He goes, brother, I've worked here for two years. We've never had a single dog. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, it's just a caution. Why do we even give a fuck? I go, oh, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, no. So, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, I'm so angry at the time. And like the cops are like, hey, mate, you know, just something to think about going forward, you know. Um, and then like, I'm like, I'm literally just like, yeah, cheers, lads. Mm. And I'm fucking furious. And then the guy goes to me as well. He goes, is this the first time you've been stopped over by police? And I go, Yeah. Or like, and he's like, is it really, mate? He's like looking at my license. And I'm like, oh, outside of traffic violations. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is crazy. i got 400 sheets in the mail for missing a no right turn sign. <laughs> um, and I'm um, not changing my address on my license. Now I'm getting fucking dragged out of a pub for having a small joint on me. I may as well commit a real crime just to get my money's worth for these horrific experiences.
0: They are after you this year, aren't they?
1: Mate, I'll tell you what. You start to get a bit of heat around you, you know? <laughs> yeah. They've seen a couple of my stand-up <laughs> clips hit 6,000 views on Instagram, and they thought, we need to take this cunt down a peg. <laughs> it's fucking so annoying, dude.
0: My mate got done. We were at Manly Dam. Oh, yeah. And he got done this massive shredded cop. He's My mate's so little. He just keeps high and He's like, he's like... Being like, mate, this is fucking- Like, everyone got different cops, and his cop was like a psycho. And everyone else's well, it, cop-
1: It depends on the cop you get and the mood they're in. Yeah. You're like, fingers crossed this bloke's marriage is going well.
0: Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed this guy has a son that's kind of off the rails, so he empathizes with
1: me. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: 100%. And then he's he's got this psycho cop. He gets his first cannabis caution. The guy dresses him down so hard. And then, like, on the Wednesday in the next week, he's at a bong spot in Manly- And the cops come. We were there for like, we used to park up there for like four years. Cops never came. Yeah. So chilling. Kangaroo Rock. And then, bang, cops are there. They've been pretty chill. And then, anyway, my mate. They're getting done like four days later. And then that cop runs up, runs out of a car and just enters the spot and goes, you, (laughs) I told you. And he's like, mate, I don't fucking know you. (laughs) You you have no responsibility over my life.
1: You're not actually my father.
0: Yeah, I'm 18. Just give me a fucking break. I'm a horticulturalist first year apprentice. I'm allowed to blaze a little.
1: I think as well, like they should do a thing where it's also it's all fucking um, uh, body cams as well. Mm. Mate, every two seconds. I it Also, it, like, I got taken down by, like, a total of, like, five cops. But <laughs> like, there was two in the van, like, weighing it and fucking testing it or whatever. Then there was two outside who, like, took all my shit off me and, like, took all my details and stuff. Mm. And then there was the lesbian chick still just going nuts in the pub. <laughs> just, I imagine just be- beating the shit out of people outside.
0: <laughs> Heaven forbid if she finds a bag.
1: Oh, my God. I pray someone had a bag in there. <laughs> just uh, so she could sleep well. But here's the thing. is like, I think this should be maybe a bit of a strategy with the cops is, like... Can you match your energy to the crime I've
0: committed? Yeah.
1: Because I'm sick of getting staunched out for, like, you fucking go through a yellow or get caught with a a joint that is, like, half tobacco. And the energy is, like, I've just robbed a bank. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, like, do you know what Like, this is why people resent you guys.
0: I think, and it's, like, I think with those guys, they often cower a bit more with, like, real criminals on meth. So then, when they come to us, they're like, "Oh, I've been cowering a bit recently, but it yeah, takes it out on this fucking yeah, tall cunt. yeah,
1: this slightly high, like <laughs> fucking placid bloke from the northern beaches. He'll fucking
0: he'll beg." Did you at any point just be like, "Mate, I'm a fucking comedian. For God's sake, it's not a crime to be a comedian carrying a joint."
1: Yeah, I know. It's literally like it's fucking part of the work gear. It's like, mate, did, would you arrest a carpenter for having a fucking hammer on him?
0: Also, do you know how fucking weird my life would be if I quit smoking weed now? I've set my life up so it suits.
1: But like, because I, I I know like here's the thing here's the thing dude you've busted me for having this joint it's not there by accident lads mm. okay this is something I regularly enjoy doing and and you know what like I'll do it again <laughs> obviously and, but I'm not like I'm not, and here's the thing I'm not a renegade this is not renegade behaviour it's already decriminalised in fucking Canberra. It's like if I drive two and a half hours, <laughs> this isn't an offense. Cut to me, no shoes, hands up against the wall outside the clock hotel with like fucking tens and rich guys looking at me like I'm a fucking idiot. So, if you know what the whole thing was? Is that, you know, to be fair to the cops, they were friendly enough and, you know, they've got to do their job. Mm. It's against the law in New South Wales. Broke the law, get clipped up, etc. The thing is, it's just so embarrassing getting dragged out of a pub.
0: So embarrassing. It's just
1: so embarrassing. You know, like when I'm walking out with my hands up above like this, with my hands interlocked, and they're like, don't touch your jacket. And I'm like, F-, like this. Is- <laughs> <laughs> the sun's still out. <laughs> the sun is still out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's such a harsh L. Such a harsh L, mm. dude. This always seems to happen with me, um, where you seem to have three months where the cops clip you up. I've been RBT'd like three times in the last two months, fined twice, and got a cannabis caution. And the, the interesting thing about this is I'll behave the same way for the next two years and get none of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes lady luck is just not on your side.
0: Yeah. And it's like you're just trying to chill in a nice venue. That's the thing. They don't take the dogs to bad venues.
1: Well, that's the thing. I don't know, dude. Like not to get too house on the hill with it, but it's like fucking hell, taxpayer money. <laughs> like I
0: think that is house two house on the hill yeah. it's two house on the hill it's two house on the hill way
1: two house on the hill because here's the thing is like I don't like um, bashing cops too much because it goes under the radar like whenever you have a good experience with a cop you never come on a podcast and talk about it
0: yeah yeah you yeah. know what
1: I mean like when cops are legends it's like not newsworthy
0: well I got I had a legendary one once that um he busted us up at Tanya Park smoking co- well like a we'd, had, we'd all had like one cone and then they just rock up and this guy was a proper legend and Eddie threw weed out of the car, just like quickly. And he just comes up with a spotlight and goes, all right, just looking around the car. Let's see where they've thrown it. Just finds it immediately and goes, yep, there it is. There, All right, out of the car, boys. And then he just goes, all right, if this is all the weed that's there, we're all good. I'm not going to write up any cautions. It doesn't yeah. matter. if It's just the bowl and then this weed. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Briefly searches us. Goes, that's it, and just gets a bowl of weed and just throws it into the air. It just, the wind just smacks it onto the front, like, window of the car. Yeah. And He's like, oh, sorry about that, boys. Um, yeah, have a nice night. And yeah. that was it. And then my mate was like, I actually dacked a 50. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Hectic. Yeah. Yeah,
1: nice. It's such a mind fuck with weed because, like, I, mean, I was in LA, like, six weeks ago going, like, yeah, can I try the sativa, please? Like, it's like a fucking <laughs> Apple store. It's like <laughs> yeah. I'm buying an iPhone. The guy's like, could I help you find any edibles today, sir? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm in the market for something to blow my head off. Like, <laughs> and then, like, cut to me, cut from that, I'm buying, like... Mate, I'll be doing prison time with the amount of weed I'm buying in L.A. And then cut to me with, like, the tiniest joint, hands up against the wall. They're like, they're like, you make me sick. Like... <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's fucking funny. The funny, like if I was with the lads, it wouldn't have really bothered me at all. Mm. But the fact that I was on a date, I was so embarrassed. And like, I've re- kind of like, it was half an hour, 40 minutes out of the date where she's just sitting by herself. And then like, we had to leave the pub. I wasn't allowed back in, obviously. And I'm just like, it was just so humiliating, dude.
0: And it's such a short date window. You oh, don't get to just have, just have like catching three up hours. For
1: a few drinks with her, you know. We're having fun as well. Mm. So embarrassing. It's just, it was just so embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard L.
1: Hard L, dude. But I think now I'm probably um, loaded up for like a year of like probably good luck, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we have been... We were cutting it a bit fine in Newcastle, I'd say, as well.
1: Oh, I think it was okay.
0: It was okay, yeah. When you leave a town,
1: when you leave your town
0: and go to another town... Rules are a bit different.
1: Yeah, it's like when um when you're like getting a train in Perth and there's like ticket inspectors and it's like lol. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like you could find me twenty thousand dollars and I will I will put it in my mouth and chew it up in front of you. Yeah. And I won't even eat it. I'll just let it dissolve in my mouth. I'll Mm. just like like chewing tobacco. Oh I'll just let it sit there.
0: I'm gonna Give money to the Western Australian government?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I just donate to the North Korean army while we're here? <laughs>
0: it's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, 100%, dude.
0: When I'm in Canberra, I'll, I'll be driving. I'll be like, they'll be like oh, it's ticketed parking here. And I'm like, I'm from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter.
1: And also, here's the thing. It goes both ways. If you're here from for the weekend from Brisbane, I, w- I would hope you don't respect our fucking transit police and, and parking inspectors either.
0: Go absolutely nuts.
1: Go fucking nuts, dude. You know what I mean? Because like with this stuff, parking, you know, um, this sort of stuff, not having a, a fucking correct ticket on a train. It's like, it's like, I understand we need rules as a society, mm. but like, it's just like fuck off. Like, you know what I mean?
0: I went to the Gold Coast when I was at Brisbane for a gig and came back on the train both ways. No ticket. It's like a good.
1: 45 minute train. Beautiful. Who gives a shit? If anything, that's just a warm welcome from the state of Queensland.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pay to go to the Gold Coast. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah.
1: no, <laughs>
0: oh, no, no. You, you no, should
1: no. fucking they should hand out fifty dollar bills on the way into that town.
0: Thank you for setting up a train and having tracks and having it all work, but financially, I'm not going to support you.
1: No, no, no. Nor should you, Matt. Nor should you. But yeah, so that was my Friday night, and then yeah, that was it. I came home and, and the boys were asleep. I didn't even get to tell anyone. Oh, really? Yeah, that yeah, sucks. Yeah. I know. That's why I texted you and my sister. I was like, fuck, i got the funniest story.
0: Dude, I was howling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. It's so oh, it's so embarrassing, dude. But like, um, and, oh, God. and you don't want to carry on about weed being legal because like, it's so annoying when people talk about it. Dude. You know when some guy with a ponytail is like, it should be legal, bro. It's like, yeah, but you'd still be a loser. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was legal, you'd still be like uninteresting at parties.
0: And you would... App, it would just store your life even more than it already does. Dude,
1: that's one thing with weed is I fucking love it. I hate the culture around it.
0: Dude, it's so annoying. They're like, dude, I've c- got I bought my tenth bong and it's like, how about you like do something or get a hobby?
1: Yeah, dude.
0: Weed as an identity is like one of the more pathetic things. Oh my
1: god. You like a fat guy with like a massive like um t-shirt with like the hemp leaves all over it. If you're right. wearing branded marijuana gear, dude. Like you better be like an absolute Kyle legacy style legend. (laughs) You have to be like a fucking 10, like a nine out of 10 edge of the fucking spectrum of humanity. Interesting Mm. person. Mm. Or you're most likely just, like, a gamer.
0: They never are. They're always just gamers. Yeah. Dude, in my old apartment- Cunts like
1: you are the reason it's illegal.
0: Exactly. Stop being so annoying about it. Stop
1: being so annoying. Like, do you reckon these politicians, like, liberal politicians were like, honestly, I'd legalize it, but I just hate these cunts. Obviously, bro. And (laughs) if there was
0: a law where I could fuck them over, I'd be like, obviously, I'll do that. I'll keep that going on.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Dude, there was a guy around my old apartment that lived in the area. Probably a weed sticker on his car that was take took up about two thirds of his back window. Oh, it's like oh, good work, mate. Yeah. Oh, you... yeah, yeah. See you in court. All yeah, good.
1: Yeah. He's definitely the sort of bloke who would who would be like, you know, it's a medicine, right? Yeah.
0: Random really? drug testing coming, yeah, you yeah. absolutely dumb fuck.
1: Yeah, 100%. Get ready to have literally every taste bud on your tongue wiped off by this fucking swab <laughs> as, as the knee goes into your lower
0: spine. Oh, yeah. So, looking in your rearview you mirror out your back window high isn't anxi- anxiety-inducing enough? Yeah, yeah. yeah Check yeah. a massive leaf there that you need to look through.
1: Yeah, you may as well fucking put on a sticker that says, I root twice a year, please arrest me.
0: <laughs> I would prefer to put one of those porn stickers on my car than a weed leaf sticker. Oh,
1: my God, and dude. And
0: I would... We kill myself to do I, that.
1: I already talked about it on the podcast last week, but just quick drive-by on this cunt. The, oh, my dude. witch cable pulls out, I don't.
0: So disgusting.
1: So disgusting, dude.
0: Can people be slightly less disgusting on the road?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You Can people just pretend that the sexual part of them doesn't exist?
1: I know. In a
0: group atmosphere driving on the road. Be ashamed.
1: Yeah, dude, I think... Yeah. Also, like... um. Mate, you need to like, for you to have that fucking sticker and for me to not like, honestly not be like, just send over a SWAT team. (laughs) I I don't know what crimes you've committed, but I know, I know if you go over there, you'll find something. Mm. Whether it's a fucking 16 year old Swedish bird tied up in the boot, whether it's a, a, some sort of a meth operation, but that guy's up to something. You have to be having so much sex throughout the year to, to have a sticker like that and not be a raging criminal.
0: Oh, it's he. He's definitely got like a long term partner as well.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, dude. It's
0: just a laugh, mate. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's so funny. Yes, it's so funny, dude. There was one next. The neighbor of my mate's house has a bunch of the like patrol hub fake taxi stickers on his car, and I'm like talking. To him, and I'm like, dude, fucking, this fuck. This kind of lives next to you.
1: What What are people doing? There was a guy in our show in Brisbane at that it, homecoming thing with a porn hub hoodie on.
0: Oh my god. Do you never want to get laid in your life?
1: And it's like, I think they think it's like a personality marker. It's the same with the weed thing oh. where people are like, yeah, I don't give a fuck.
0: I look at these I'll people.
1: I smoke weed wherever I want. Yeah, oh, dude, porn, porn's sick. It's like, yeah, dude, like, we're all doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're all doing it.
0: You know what's actually kind of cool? Being in a position where a woman will date you ever.
1: Yeah. You know what's cool? People not looking at their fucking watch after 11 minutes talking to you.
0: (laughs) Dude, and I talked to my mate about this guy next door. And he goes, yeah, mate, he's 25. He lives with his parents. That's his parents' house, which obviously, right now, I can't say a lot about. But I don't have porn stickers on my fucking car. Yeah, dude, 100%. bringing down the family name in the neighborhood that they worked so hard to live in. It's yeah. like, Jesus. And
1: you know what this stuff is as well, is they want you to talk about it. Like the Pornhub guy, there was... Um, I can't remember who was MC, but whoever did was like, oh, mate, Pornhub hoodie. He was loving it. <sighs> he was loving it.
0: That makes me sick.
1: Dude, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, <dude. laughs>
0: Clear your browser history and move on with your day and forge an identity. Oh, my
1: God. Yes, dude. Like... Here's the thing that I don't understand with like um, t- like OnlyFans and, and stuff like this. I get it if it's like an OnlyFans famous woman mm. who you want to see naked. Mm. And you're like, oh, I've never seen this chick naked. I get that to a certain extent. But even then, like you see them topless once. You're like, I've seen it. Mm. Okay. I've seen it. JPEG saved. <laughs> We're good. Blokes that are paying, like Paige Van Zandt is this UFC fighter. And she has an OnlyFans and she makes like millions a month. Mm. It's well known. She's literally a Christian woman. It's well, she, it's well known that she doesn't take her top off and guys are paying $35 a month for like bikini shots. What? And like, and here's the thing is like, if full blown pornography, HD pornography did not exist for free, I would kind of get it. But like, I just don't understand internet culture around sex is like out of control. For me, pornography shouldn't be a hobby. It it'd, sh- be, it'd be it's- something you watch when you need to fucking let one out of the chamber, and then you get back to what you were doing in your life.
0: Sex shouldn't even be a hobby. <laughs> no. If you're going to a store and buying things as a part of a thing, just please stop. <laughs> just move, get it over and done with, and move on with your day with a little spring in your step.
1: Dude, I was about to say, you should fuck it. You should be missionary in a dark room and no questions. Oh. And then you go out you go out and fucking look into the sun and you apologize to the Lord for what you've just done. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't want any positivity involved in it.
1: <laughs> no, dude. Oh, oh, I worked with else. this
0: concrete polisher and he was so fucking depressed and alcoholic. And the only thing he'd put, per- we'd work a Cronulla, just concrete polish all day. And then we'd drive back to the beaches. He wouldn't talk all day. And then he'd get a six pack in Cronulla. And every day he'd go, may as well get James Bogues, mate. If you're only buying a six pack, get the good stuff. He'd, he'd drive the truck and drink James Bogue and he'd perk up a little bit and he'd just be ravenous to talk to me about how he's keen to go to Sexpo. Oh,
1: and dude, I'm dude, like, imagine- i guess telling me
0: what porn stars he's going to meet and I'm like, <laughs> has our day not been sad enough? <laughs> has it not been earth shatteringly sad enough? You
1: shouldn't follow porn stars like you follow UFC fighters.
0: Oh my God. It's like they don't- re- I know sportsmen- I like them and like musicians I like. I know they really don't respect me and I don't care, but this porn stars respect you even less.
1: Dude, literally. And it's so funny. Um, me and Maka were talking about this the other day. Okay, firstly, going to sexpo is one thing. Going to sexpo and lining up and taking a photo with a porn star in a meet and greet. <laughs> Dude, anyone who's been in that line for more than half an hour, just um, like literally put a knife into the back of their spine. <laughs> just do it. Oh, my God. Dude, Amir Bakker would talk about meeting greats in general. You know when people, like, line up? Firstly, people would say, like, who would say, like, uh, you know what people say? They, they talk about the experience, like they actually met that person. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy said to us, he's like, um, yeah, uh, we were talking UFC with this guy down at the pub. And he's, like, sort of a guy we sort of know. He goes, yeah, I met Conor McGregor once. Fucking great guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we go, you met Conor McGregor. And we go, where'd you meet him? He goes, at the UFC Expo in Las Vegas. I go, what, well, you bumped into me? He goes, no, no, it was a meet and greet. Oh, and I, I go, you did not meet Conor McGregor. Conor, when you meet someone, it's like if you bump into the cafe, you have an organic conversation. Yeah, Mate, him saying thanks for coming, shaking your hand, and then posing for a photo, you do not have a rapport with Conor McGregor.
0: Well, it's good that now he knows that he's such a great guy.
1: I know. And it's like this guy literally thinks if he like saw Conor McGregor at a cafe, he'd be like, hey, Conor, it's me. I,
0: I hate that about people as well. When you're like shitting on someone and they're like, Oh, actually, I um, met them once and they're really nice. I'm like, oh, for like 24 hours, did you meet them? Yeah. yeah. Or for 30 seconds and they said hello. And yeah. they're like, what a great guy. And I'm I like, know. Well, I have some facts to prove otherwise. Yeah,
1: I know. Literally, dude. But it's like, uh, yeah, meet and greets in general. Is there anyone on the planet you would line up to meet?
0: No, because I know when I get to the front of the line, they're not going to respect me like I want them to respect me. Yeah. I want to have a dinner party with Nick Cave. I don't want to line up and have Nick Cave be like, all right, some other fucking white cunt.
1: What about some of these cunts are paying for it as well? Imagine literally, here's here's $50 so I can stand next to you.
0: Does people not have any self? Like, I don't know. I have too much pride. And I think my high school, high schooling was a bit too homophobic for me to ever like glorify a man enough to be like that. I'm like, I think Phil Fesey is going to pop out of nowhere and call me gay.
1: Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. And it's like, mate, if you line up, if you pay money to line up and shake a man's hand and pose for a fucking photo, like like you're meeting Santa at Westfield, that guy's your dad. Yeah, exactly. He's now your dad. Yeah. It's so a- now you've got a second Christmas to go to. you got to go around and give this kind of present.
0: You're getting cucked.
1: You're getting cucked so hard. And then you're posting the photos... On social media. Yeah. Imagine this, man. Imagine <laughs> imagine some, some enormous man is having sex with the love of my life in front of me. And I'm fucking live streaming this thing on my story. <laughs> That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing when you post a photo of you at a fucking meet and greet with someone. Oh, got to make got to meet Jessica Malboy at Westfield. She's actually really friendly, is she? You're telling me she she was able to keep it together for the point seven of a second you met her.
0: <laughs> oh, she didn't call you a dumb cunt to your face yeah, yeah. in seven sec. How did she not do that? That's crazy. She's yeah. so nice. I
1: uh, know. You're wearing fucking Crocs and, and and a bloody I love Jessica Malboy homemade T-shirt. Can you imagine what she would have been thinking about behind those eyes? Oh man, we've done forty-five minutes.
0: Yeah, is there anything else you want to get to?
1: Not really. I'm just thinking because I have to fucking listen to this. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah? Mate, I think this week was a lot better.
0: I think I think last week was a one-off. Or I let's think- call it once a month.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good bar to set that one out of the four episodes each month will not be good. Also, mate, one thing that we um, I want to do next episode is we rewatched 360 versus Cursor in Newcastle with all the lads. Mate, we need to get into a fucking long discussion (laughs) about 360 versus Cursor because you're pro Cursor and I'm pro 360.
0: Cursor spat hot flames.
1: Okay, so we have different opinions on what happened in that battle.
0: It should have been judged. That's the thing. It was unjudged.
1: No, because here's the thing. It was unjudged. Now, look, the conversation lives on. We're the judges.
0: And I'll roll with Cursor like through to death.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Well, anyway, um thanks for attending this podcast. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the live episode. Oh, yeah. Sydney, December 2nd. Rowan will be there. Mate, see this lack of energy in the flesh.
0: It's on the calendar.
1: Yeah. Outstanding. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I think uh, we're getting better. We are. We're getting better, dude. Catch ya.